Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. to the Anthony Davis episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 59. My name is Logan Wortman, and as usual, I'm joined by my brave co-host, Jacob Baroth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Anthony Davis episode? Feels pretty good, because what are we on? We're on... 59. 59. Yeah, so that's his career high and points. Career high, because I was like, I know he wasn't pick 59. Yeah. I knew that was for sure not it, mm-hmm. but there was no- 59. When did he, what was the game? It was in 2016. I know that on the Pelicans. I'm not sure who he was oh. playing. But yeah, 59, there was no good draft picks or jersey numbers. I think there was only one person and one season ever for a jersey number. Oh. Um, and then the the best draft pick was uh, Pat Cummings. Okay. So. On the NFL yeah. side, shout out to Roosevelt Colvin. That'll be episode 59. For jersey number? Yeah. That was just an outside linebacker for the Patriots and mm. oh. Late two thousands, mid two thousands. Yeah, pretty good years for the uh, for, for the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, they were pretty pretty pivotal part of a pretty good defense. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So without further ado, though, we could probably hop into one of the more interesting topics that we wanted to touch on today, and that was the NBA GM survey, um, which every year has some interesting little things to talk about with it. I know that Jacob had a few things that he wanted to talk about, but. I guess, do you want to just go through and talk about the things as they come up? Yeah, I think because my things are, I can't even remember like the exact sequence I had them, but there was just a couple things where I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. there seems to be like one or two GMs in here that either don't take it seriously at all and are like messing with it or are just like wild, crazy people. Yeah. 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 I, so, I also think, what if it's not even GMs? Like they're having somebody else do it? Yeah, they just like get this envelope and they're like, okay, Greg, <laughs> it's your third day here. How about you fill this out? Yeah. And Greg is just like a diehard Kyrie Irving fan. Mm-hmm. I also <laughs> think one thing to keep in mind is I'm pretty sure uh, or like the GMs from that represent a certain organization aren't allowed to vote for any of their organization's players or teams or anything. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, the high, I don't think anybody can get 100%. You can get anything. 97. Mm-hmm. Which I think there's one where somebody was close to that. I think Jokic was close. I think he had uh, 93. Best power forward was Giannis. At 97? At 97%. Oh, okay. Jokic was wow. at 93. That surprised me. I feel like I feel like Jokic is more 
like Anthony Davis is more closer to being a better power forward than Giannis than than anybody is closer to being a better center than Jokic. Anthony Davis received votes as center only or both. I'm sure well, he was on both. Well, I'm assuming he wasn't because if everybody voted for Giannis as uh, a as power forward, then only, only saw, one vote. Kevin Durant, Durant was the only other one. Mm-hmm. That um, makes sense. And with that logic, we know who voted for Kevin Durant because we can boil it down. Yeah. John Horst voted uh-huh. for Kevin Durant. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting too. <laughs> when, when it is like 100%, you can tell like everybody voted for one, you know who that, that other vote was. Um, I bet you Jokic was two votes away because it was uh, – I'm blanking on his name. Daryl Morey? No. Or, um, Denver and Minnesota. Oh, Those are the two. Conley? Yeah, they both were like, no. <laughs> well, one yeah. couldn't and the other one was like, I'm not going to do that. I yeah. can't do that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> but so the, the first question on this thing – is uh, which team will win the 2024 NBA Finals? And it's a two-way tie for first place. The Nuggets and the Celtics, both of our teams, both got 33% of the votes, which I think is a pretty good top two. Uh, Then it's a slight drop-off to Milwaukee at three with 23%. Um, And then the only other two teams receiving votes was the Suns got two votes and the Clippers got one. I I think this is right. Like If you were to build tiers in your brain – I think they have the wrong LA team up there. Full full transparency. Um, mm-hmm. If yeah. I, I were to build tiers in my head, I would put the Nuggets, Celtics in their tier. Nuggets probably edge the Celtics because they've done it. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go Bucks in the next tier, and I'd probably put the Suns and the Bucks in the same tier. But it would be like very clearly the Bucks are the better of the two teams in this. Mm. imaginary See, I, deal I, I would probably if i had to do it in tears i'd probably put the bucks personally up in that first tier in that, in that first one yeah and that makes sense to me and maybe that's where but i do agree i think they're probably the third out of those three teams like it's a definitive third out of the three yeah i think so um, and then and it, honestly maybe it's more of a definitive third because Boston isn't built to beat everybody better, but they're built to beat Milwaukee better than anybody else in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like they already kind of were like kind of built to deal with Milwaukee's problems as long as Chris Middleton wasn't insane. But now that like the way that Milwaukee has shuffled things around, uh, they're like, yeah, we're, we're kind of just built to deal with the Dame problem. And mm-hmm. the Giannis, yeah, sure. Al Horford is like somehow, even though he's getting older, has handled Giannis in a mono mono situation, short stretches, better than as good as anybody. anybody yeah. ha- to the best of anybody's ability. Mm-hmm. There's been times where like, okay, we need it. They put him on him and it just doesn't go well for Giannis, which isn't normal. Doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. He makes him take mid-ranges, which is not a Giannis's MO. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But we will talk about the Celtics and the Nuggets a ton. But I just think that um, I, I was okay with it. Clippers should not be there. Even I if agree. everybody's healthy, I'm like, I would still put LA's, uh, the Lakers. Like, Over what? the Clippers, yeah. If you're going to throw any random vote what you say, even if everybody's healthy? Is that if, what you- okay, if everybody's healthy and 100% and plays all the – there's just too many, like, ifs. Yeah. It's like fantasy imaginary land. Yeah, it's just we've never seen the Clippers actually do that, be, like <laughs> actually be healthy. And you know what I mean? So it's like how likely is it that it's finally going to happen? Is probably not very likely. Yeah. Um, 
but I understand like the thinking of like, oh, maybe it's got to be their year now. After all of this injury and stuff, it's they're <laughs> bound to have a year where it, it breaks right. But I don't know at this point. Um, but yeah, and then looking at the Eastern Conference rankings, Boston is in first with 53% of the first place votes. Then Milwaukee is in second. Uh, Cleveland third. Philadelphia fourth. New York fifth. Miami sixth. And Atlanta is seventh. Those are all the teams that received one of the top four votes. So it was uh, like a four-place ballot thing. Atlanta in fourth is a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, again, that's, like, that's just one GM voting that again. It, it feels like there's always just one vote on all of these that are like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? But my thought, okay, like I get the top six, a guy throwing a vote and being like, okay, uh, we'll go Milwaukee one, Boston two, Philly three, Miami four. I'd be like, okay, not what I would have done, but that's fine. Yeah. Any, any iteration of Boston, Milwaukee at one and two, whatever you want to do with Cleveland, Philly, New York, and Miami that's fine. I don't a hundred percent agree with you, but I get it. But being like Atlanta. It's fourth. Yeah. It's like, it they feels seem weird. like they're on a downward trajectory. It's not even like they're on the up and up. This isn't three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also Miami is like, I don't know if you saw the, uh, they got a vote in first place and a vote in second place. So that might be the same guy that's putting Atlanta up there in fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Jeez Louise. But yeah, this third place vote was like, Wait, so the per- – looking at this math-wise then. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. That means someone didn't put Boston or Milwaukee in, in the their top, top four. four. Yeah. It had to be that guy. There's just got to be somebody that's flubbing no, two with – people didn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, true. It would have to be two. Is it Kendrick Perkins, like, filling out for somebody? What is going on? Yeah, it's weird. That's why I feel like, yeah, I I don't know if the GMs take this fully, like, 100% seriously sometimes. I I don't know if, like, they're, like, joking around with it. Like, they just want to be funny or something or what is going on sometimes. (laughs) It's interesting. Uh, Looking at the Western Conference, though, this is more of a, like, definitive gap. Uh, Denver yes. has 70% of the first place votes. Uh, Phoenix is in second. Lakers are in third. Warriors, then Clippers. Memphis is sixth. And then there's a two-way tie for seventh with Pelicans and Kings. And then ninth is the Mavs. And tenth is the Thunder. Those are everybody getting at least a fourth place vote. So then my question on this one is I'm glad that everybody thinks the Sacramento thing might not be repeatable. That makes sense to me. The New Orleans one I find very interesting. Really? Because it's – I like I know that New Orleans has like the capability as a team to be good. Mm-hmm. It, but the, it's the same thing as like the Clippers. Yeah. But I have less faith in – and I guess the Clippers received 23% of the votes to go to third. So just mm-hmm. shy of a quarter of the votes thought that they would get third place. Yeah. And there was just some random votes for New Orleans. I just don't – and it's not like everyone's like, okay, rank the entire – someone thought that New Orleans would be a, a two-seed. Yeah, there's one vote for two and one vote for fourth for New and Orleans. And the fourth I'm fine with. I'm also fine yeah, with I think the fourth-place vote last, for OKC. Yeah, I agree. But I think you just said last episode if New Orleans is fully healthy, uh, they are the fourth seed in the West. Yeah, mm-hmm. and – 
I, well, I guess I stand by that once again. I echo myself <laughs> in the future. But it just, I'm like, I just don't get some of these. And it's fine. I don't. This is the I one I think that is the craziest to me, honestly. The Mavs being the fourth seed is a bit far fetched. Uh, the only way that I think is if it get, we get like a month into the season and Kyrie's like, I'm done. And then LA's like, okay. And then does the magical <laughs> two people. I need to, I need to figure out what the two people are. I know it's, just, it's Russ. It's uh D'Lo and Rui. It's, it is those two. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. put them together and they perfectly equal Kyrie. Yeah. And, but, but maybe I, I don't know if that makes the Mavs that much better. Like it might make them better if Kyrie's and, a nothing for them. Like it depends on whether Kyrie's playing well for, you know, actually contributing. Well, I think so, it makes them better because it gives them more things to just be around Luca, which is when they're best is when Luca's going crazy and distributing. That's how they yeah. like de- dealt with the Clippers twice in the playoffs. That's just how they have dealt with it. But I think that is like that system is such a floor raiser type of thing. But like, like it's such it's one of the best methods of raising your floor. That's why they always have resorted to that because it's very simple and it's like very safe. Mm-hmm. But I think. Kyrie being on this roster instead of instead of swapping him out for D'Lo and, and Rui, I think that is actually the ceiling raise the ceiling. Yeah, I think if for them to be at their very best potential this season, it's with Kyrie like fully buying in and playing in, in the role that um, is kind of carved out for him there. Yeah, and just committing to it, just being like, okay, mm-hmm. and Luca staying healthy and also learning to play off of Kyrie. At, at moments and things so Mark like that. Cuban needs to get Kyrie Irving to block LeBron on his phone. Yeah. That's the best way that happens. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't listen to the sweet whispers from the West coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It won't be better over there. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, this team is just, there's not a lot going on there. And, um, it's just, I, I it's a hard one to ima- imagine getting the fourth spot at the end of the season. Yeah. Maybe at some point during the year we look up in the if at fourth place that's very that's three votes for fourth. Yeah. Okay, but we've been focusing on the bottom. I think what is impressive is the just sheer unanimous agreement that first and second third place will be some combination. Well, first place is the Nuggets. Seventy percent of the league, twenty percent of votes went for the Nuggets, or twenty-one votes went for Nuggets. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like Phoenix has 50% of the second place votes and then Lakers are pretty well acknowledged and golden state. Like it's the top is widely agreed upon. And then it's just kind of like who fourth place is people just throwing lasers, throwing darts uh, with some of the arts making no sense. Memphis also is going to be terrible. I don't know about terrible. They're not a four seed. They're not a three seed. Two people thought they were a three seed. Jaws yeah. for 25 games, and if I know anything, Marcus Smart as your point guard is not a recipe for crazy wins unless Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and a whole lot of other people like make up for the, hold on, yeah. guys, I got this. And they don't have anybody like that on their team. No, they don't, and that's fine. I mean, Desmond Bain's a guy, but he's not that. Yeah, I agree. He's not a top three. like At his position. Yeah. Type of guy, yeah. Jalen Brown isn't either, but yeah, oh. he's closer at least. He he's was much closer, yeah, wildly closer. Uh huh. He's a top. He last year he was top six at at, at forward or whatever you want to. Or I think he was a guard on All NBA. 
whatever though, uh, whatever he was, um, he made it. So, but yeah, that I guess can do it for the Western conference. I like to see in the Denver nuggets getting the respect of the, um, GMs across the league. But, and then the next question was who will win the 2023, 24 Kia MVP. And Nicole Jokic is in first place with 43%. Giannis is second with 20%. Tatum is in third with 13. Uh, Luca is in fourth with 10. And then also receiving votes, we have Anthony Davis and then Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Let's go! Yeah, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, I think this one is y- the most solid so far. Like the one weird one, I think, is Anthony Davis. kind, And that's not even that weird. I think that's like going off the assumption that he takes a step and LeBron takes a slight step back and Anthony Davis just like it goes into kill mode a little bit more often. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we said it when we did our top 10 players. If Anthony Davis like can just like string together health and I want to be better than everyone else for at least 40 games. Like he's- Which he said – I don't know if he's ever said this before, but he said – I don't know if you saw this in media day that, that he wants to play 82 games this season. Hmm. His goal is to play all eighty-two, and if no, and if he does, mm-hmm. that that GM, that random GM, will look like a genius. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really a genius. Anthony Davis is good at basketball. What? Like that's not. I genius is a bit strong, but um, yeah. this is a question I had. I think that this is by far the most logical one for sure. Does Giannis having Dame diminish his MVP chances? For sure, I think it definitely does. Because that was my only thing was like, is 20% too high? Oh, yeah. I mean, it could be. I think I think Jokic should be a heavy favorite going into the season, honestly. <laughs> I think there's like going to be a, a bit of a reverse of a voter's fatigue thing where it's like a voter's remorse. Like, or of a vindication. They will be like, yeah. we need to give this man the MVP. It's like a makeup award. He was – yeah, a makeup call. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially if he has a similar performance to how he did last year. Yeah. Um, I feel like he will get – like let's say Giannis does have a crazy year and it's like a very close contested thing. Voters will just lean Jokic because he was robbed of last year's. Yeah, I think that is probably true. Also, and, I think Jokic is just going to be more clear unless Jamal looks like is insane. playoff Jamal like the whole season, which oh, is, would be very new. You're, you're going for 70 games if Jamal looks like playoff Jamal the whole season. Exactly, yeah. Like that's like a legitimate possibility. <laughs> yeah, um, but – if that doesn't happen, if Jamal looks like maybe a, even just like a slightly better version of what he's been in regular seasons past, then Jokic is going to be far, far and away, the, like vastly more superior player on his team than Giannis. Any is of the on other guys team. on the list, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. Tatum has Brown, Luca has Kyrie, AD has LeBron, KD has Booker, and Booker, Beal, uh, revival of Eric Gordon's career. Uh, Joel is a, I feel like he's, he got his one and I don't think that voters, unless he's crazy, I just don't think that he will get, Shea's a guy that if the, if OKC messes around and is like a the three two seed, seed, a two yeah. seed, like there's a world where Shea will be like, okay, give that guy some flowers. Mm-hmm. I agree. And speaking of OKC, we'll just throw it in randomly. We need to talk. So uh, Bill Simmons podcast did an OKC deep dive and they brought up one point and I'm like, I, I'm I'm losing sleep over wanting it to happen. What is this? Do you want to bring it up now? Or we can we can do it now. 
What, where, where were you thinking on putting it in? Just like at the end, just like randomly somewhere else, like just to bring it up. But I can do it now and it can get put wherever. Anyway, so Bill Simmons podcast, if you haven't listened to the, our podcast for that long, we both listen to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not religiously. Like I catch a decent amount of the episodes. I usually turn it off during NFL season uh, because I can't handle, uh, as a Patriot fan, the sheer optimism because we're a bad football team. Like yeah. We're really bad. And he like doesn't let the let New England die. Which is fine. He That's did the of, other year though. Like a, he he did le- the uh, this <clears throat> last episode too. He like gave him burial rights. Oh, he did. The only uh, reason I <clears throat> clicked on this one is because it said Oklahoma City Thunder. It's like in the title of the podcast, and I'm like, and okay. Kevin. I think it said Kevin O'Connor also in the and title. Kevin O'Connor who is yeah. Also, last year was the first year Kevin O'Connor has not been like the 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 way I feel the national voice of the way I feel mm-hmm. like last year was the first year he took like a weird pivot. I'm not near as high on him as he was on like legendary French point guard, Killian Hayes or yeah. uh, other people. But anyway, focusing on the point, they talked about OKC and what they need. And they're like, okay, what about like, they go get like, go bear. Like if like Minnesota decides they want to move on from go bear or cat or Robert Williams, they just started throwing out names of bigs because they just don't have a thick body. They have a big body in Wemby, but they don't have a thick body to deal with the Jokic and Beads. Mm-hmm. They don't have that guy. Yeah. When they wow. brought Robert Williams, I'm like, that would be so great. I would get a Robert Williams jersey. I would be like all in because I still love Rob Williams the third. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, uh, I was like, okay, that'd be cool. And then, but when they said cat, I was like, okay. That'd give him the floor would still be able to be stretched. It would leave stuff open for Giddy who can't shoot that well and mm-hmm. Shea who can't shoot that well. That's the one knock that those guys have. But like if you send uh, Lou Dort, the Dorcher Chamber, and uh, Davis Bertans, did I say yeah. that one right? Random person? I think so, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when we got that TikTok <laughs> yeah, comment yeah. that it's Bertans, not Bertans, or Bertans, yeah. not Bertans? Uh-huh. Uh, same, spelled the exact same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the... I just was like, what do you think, like, the fit of Cat on this team or of just a big, thick body but can still stretch the floor? I feel like that is So awesome. not Gobert? Or not do you Gobert. want to think about both? I just, just we- like, what is a big on this team that you think of, like, okay, value-wise, it'd have to be for, like, a Dort and a uh, Bertans and, like, maybe a couple. Like, it wouldn't be an insane. Oh, you're saying putting them, put them in the trade. Yeah, they'd okay. be gone. Okay, I thought you were talking. Um, I, I thought you were talking about like like a starting lineup at first. Oh uh, no, I was no, like no, Breton no, no. starting, but uh, yeah. no, 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 no. Their starters would be Shea, Giddy, Jalen I mean, Williams. Jalen Williams. If they lose Dort, that gets a little bit like yeah, but still, uh, they, they'd have Jalen Williams, Chet, or maybe then, they go get that defensive three, three and D guy. Like uh, replace Dort with instead just instead of a better Dort. Yeah. Well, they also have the ability to if. Yeah, see, now my mind's going wild, and I'm just thinking of, like, every player in the NBA. Because if there's ever a player that's like, oh, I don't really like where I'm at. I kind of want to be gone. Okay, see, so you'd be like, we will give you $7 over value uh-huh. and not care and just keep walking through it. No big deal. <laughs> Which is with how many picks they have. Yeah. True. So if they throw in a lot of picks to Minnesota, that, that might work to get Cat. Um, but if Cat's, like, not happy or they choose to move on. Yeah. Because another name they said, but I don't think is realistic, was Embiid. Oh, dude, I don't think I made it this far in this. I don't remember any of these. So I, I, I don't think I got very far in it. I remember starting to listen to it, but I guess I didn't finish it. Um, um, but yeah, so that's interesting, though. 
but it kind of just goes against, you know, that video that you uh, were talking about from Sam Presti um, about how, you know, talking about put, pushing in all your chips to, to but basically. But the thing is they have out. so many chips, it wouldn't even be all of them. Yeah, probably not. But then, but then, uh, in the podcast, they also brought up like, if this team opens up 20 and four or something disgusting, their last time they had a crazy young promising core, they won one game in the NBA finals and then mm-hmm. they didn't get aggressive and then everything kind of fell apart. Yeah. And they, the big thing there, I think that is probably the, the side, like the backbreaker was losing James Harden for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. They lost so it Kevin Martin and a pick or something like that. Jeremy well, Lamb. And I think that, and then they were like, okay, will Presti be like, I'm not letting that happen again. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm going to, if the team looks like they're primed to be that good, like if, if Shea does take like a little step and is able to like go toe to toe with any guy and be the best guy on the court, depending on the day, like he can step up and do that. Mm-hmm. Do they like, do they push pit chips to the middle and go find that big or that defensive three, three and D wing type of guy? Uh, I think they also said Paul George in the podcast as like another guy, bring him back reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Those, those are all interesting ideas. I do like the, I didn't come up with any of them. All of those were the Bill Simmons podcast and Kevin O'Connor that was on there. Yeah. So um, don't, yeah, I, I have, I, I am not that smart. <laughs> I did but, know that they need a thick body. Like yeah. that was something that is acknowledged by, I think most people that like pay attention to roster construction. Yeah. Yeah. They, Cause even like their bigger guys in terms of like thickness are like not very tall, mm-hmm. like Jay, uh, Arkansas, Jalen Williams and JRE. Um, that's about it. Like Chet, Chet is by far, you know, their biggest, most like center like player, but he's again, he, he can protect through him against everybody. That's not a big body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's probably more ideal as like that roamer for type type of player like Evan Mobley what what he's used as so Jared Allen was another name they brought up yeah that would be good honestly if if the Cavs would be willing to move on from that which I don't know why they would if the if they like think that Mobley and Allen can't be conducive together together they need to go get a floor spacer at the five yeah yeah that would make sense but yeah interesting but uh I guess we can keep going on the GM survey if you want to, yep. or I threw okay. a lot of things at it, but it just was something I heard that I'm like, yeah, no, it is. This Cat, would be like so wild. Yeah. I think that would open a lot of stuff up for them. I think Gobert less so on OKC just cause already they don't have a lot of shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but cat would be very, very interesting on the thunder. I think that's one of the best teams I've thought of for cat um, so far, you know, that I've actually like put, put the, but hypothetical in my brain, you know, but, uh, and, you, yeah. and the thing is he would like the question about cat is not if he can win games. It's if he can win games as the number one option mm-hmm. and he wouldn't have to. Yeah. I was Cause he's the second option or mm-hmm. third, depending on how crazy things get. So with either Chet or Giddy. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. True. But, um, and I think that's his more his personality. Cat is more of a, kind of submissive like would 
<laughs> I didn't mean it like any in a negative way. No, it's like, just funny. That's just a random word to come out there that I wasn't ready for. Yeah, like he's just more of the passive. Maybe passive is the better word for it. Yes, but he's he kind of just like uh, drops or or kind of I don't know what the word is, but like retreats to the uh, shadows background. Like you know, he he kind of does. He kind of seems like he's he, happy to have Ant there. Yeah. He kind of it feels like he would he's happier playing just like the perimeter stretch five role and not really having to do much else outside of that. Um, which he's getting paid way too much money for somebody that just is gonna do those things. But yeah. Anyways, the uh next question on the GM survey though was if you're starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? And Nikola Jokic was first place with a third of the votes. Then Victor Wenbanyama was second with 23%. Giannis is third with 13. Luca fourth with 10. And Anthony Edwards fifth with seven. And then there's some other players also receiving votes. Steph Curry getting one. Uh, Joel Embiid getting one, which is the wildest one here, I think. And then Shea, getting, Shea and Tatum were the other two that got one each. I Not that he's not a great player. Why is Jokic so high? Because like the the it's been kind of a joke and we brought it up. How long is Jokic playing? Yeah, the see, I think that people it's been blown out of proportion. He's not going to retire in two yeah, years. I I I think he'll he'll actually play for a good. Like I think adding Jokic to your team right now, I think the reason why he's so high is because it's he, you could say this more about him than anybody in the league by far that adding Jokic to your team right now makes you like somewhat of a t- title contender for the next like six or seven years. Yeah. Also, I would full transparency add Jokic for sure. That yeah. would be the guy that I pick. Mm-hmm. But it's more the like Wemby is like this crazy. Yeah, but the thing there is like he's – yeah, he sets you up for a longer stretch, a longer window probably. But the actual window, the the likeliness of it happening is – not, not 100%, guaranteed like yeah. it is now with Jokic. It's like, you know, that it is very, it's like definitely there. It's proven that he can lead a team to the NBA finals and beat just about any team that's matching up with him. So he's just a good, it's like a surefire pick type of thing, you know, a proven pick. And he's still, he's a type of, he, he's not super old. He's only 28. Um, and his game is like built to last also. Yeah. It just depends on if his love of the game is built to last. No, he loves basketball. That's mm-hmm. been blown out of proportion, but it's more the yeah, like. Like a lot. <laughs> I think that's – I. but I understand it because I think that's – a lot of people that are more NBA casuals, which is a term I have wanted to get away from, but uh, it's just the one that's coming to mind. People who just you know don't – aren't nerds about basketball. Um, they – I think that what they like to think of Jokic as is just like, oh, wow, it's crazy that he's the best player in the world and he like doesn't even care about – like he doesn't even like basketball. So and that's th- what yeah. people want to see. And so that's what – like the I think Jokic honestly has – he likes that that's the narrative about him. And he's – there's no – I 100% believe that ever since this finals run and ever since the whole – narrative around all of the NBA has become about like, oh, Jokic is the best player on the planet. He doesn't even like basketball. Like ever since then in interviews, he's been saying things that he just did never said before. He just leaned into it. Just exactly. To get, 
Uh-huh. And I was going to say it's the interviews, like even before where he just would like say things just like he just isn't the stereotypical guy of like, I love ball the yeah. way that like and even if he does, he doesn't convey it in the same way that other people. And that's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's just it. And for the person that doesn't consume every bit of basketball that just sees like random. Oh, that guy's the MVP. That's the best dude on the planet. Yeah, he just is like talking about horses after they asked him a question about his basketball philosophy. Yeah, I think like, the the reason why, like, because I think um, in American culture we really link ambitions, like personal ambitions, with like your drive in basketball. Like we think those are kind of like the same thing. But to him, that's how I feel like that's always been the difference. Like when he's asked questions about his personal ambitions or goals or what he thinks you know what he's striving for or like you know things like that he's just always like i don't know i don't i don't think about that i just play basketball basically um and it like more like the questions about uh compet- competitiveness in like certain matchups with other players or who who's the best player on the planet who's the best player on his own team even you know he's always said like i don't feel like it's safe to call me like this is a quote from him i don't think it's safe to call me the best player on the nuggets because sometimes i'm the best player but sometimes Jamal's the best player sometimes mpj is the best player like and that's just i don't know it, i think that's why that's that type of thing is why people started to get that narrative in the past and also just how much he likes to talk about home and and stuff like that but then i feel like once he started to see that become the narrative now he's like basically like oh yeah i, I didn't touch a basketball all summer and you know saying things like that kind of leaning into it but yeah that's my theory at least because i know from conversations and interviews that he has had in the past where it's like purely about like the schematics of the game and like the beauty what he sees as like the beauty of basketball when he's talking about that you know he lights up and like he's more engaged than he ever has been in interviews like talking about that kind of thing you can tell that he really does care about basketball and he enjoys it so no, and, the, and it's just a thing that's got blown out of proportion. But and, yeah. and I get that totally makes sense. Also, the window, like it's now. Mm-hmm. It's like a now window thing. For sure. Yeah. And then the next question, well, I guess uh, any su- other surprises there? Yeah, Joel Embiid. And Embiid being insane. there is wild. The only reason Steph Curry being there is wild because you maybe have two more years of him being the guy. Yeah. I don't want to like put a timer on him, but I feel like – He's way older than people think just because he, he really exploded onto the scene later, like six years into his career is when mm-hmm. like he was like the crazy shimmying. All of the highlights you see yeah. are year six Steph Curry. And he went three years at Davidson in college. So it's just he's just older than you think he is. Uh, Embiid is, I think, proven in and out. He's not like capable of being the guy. At least it's not it's not like a surefire thing. We don't know for sure if he can be yet. And it's like he, he hasn't made it to the conference finals yet in his career. And he's had great teammates. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's yeah, that's my take on that. Um, Luca, I feel like should be maybe a little bit higher. Like Luca might might make more sense than Giannis. Maybe I don't know. I take that back because Giannis is a similar thing to Jokic where it's like Getting him right right now. now. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is maybe because like teams lean into like what's working. So Mm -hmm. because Luca is almost the opposite of what Jokic does. Not completely. In a weird way. Yeah. But they're like, they they don't. 
they're almost they're very similar in some ways, but like kind of the inverse of each other. It's another. like if it's a circle, they're like right here, but it's like they're just like far away from each other yeah. in terms of the complete circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it because teams are like, oh, what Jokic is doing is working and not wanting to build a team like in a way that because everybody in the NBA is moving towards the Jokic ish, trying to like have this. Mm hmm. Movement system around like moving the ball around the elbow and people cutting off of and just doing all that kind of stuff like moving without the ball is the big thing. Yes. And so if like because that's what the Warriors did. They just didn't have the Jokic piece. Yeah. The piece that was running was. Yeah. They had like is that what people are leaning into? And like Luca doesn't open that up for you because that's not what Luca does. He doesn't. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of the things in terms of setting up other teammates because of how much he attracts, but yeah. not it's, it's like, just a different thing. Is that part of why he doesn't have more? Because like as GMs that are like, okay, gotta catch up. This is what's breaking basketball at the moment, is this crazy movement system. And mm-hmm. Luca doesn't lean into that like the the Jokic does and like the Wemby could. You know what I mean? Like yeah. is that part of it, maybe? I think that is probably part of it. Um I think the reason why some people did vote for him, though, is because like it's you can make the excuse for him that like in the for the teams that he's had so far in his career, you know, you know, the way that they built around him and the way that he's played has just been what the like the best option for them because he hasn't had really teammates to play that way with for the most part. Uh, like with Luca, his skills are just like it makes it so Jokic like the way things work with Jokic is like you want a good ball handler to pair with him. So it's important to have a teammate like a Jamal Murray um, for that system to work as good as possible. But like Luca is like both Jokic and Murray in the, in the Dallas system, if that makes sense. Like he's like, he, he brings the ball. Not only does he initiate like by bringing the ball up the court and getting it to like start the action, he's also the primary ball handler in the action itself. And then, like all of the scoring options that come off of that is either a shot from him or a direct assist from him. You know, it's like all orchestrated by him centered around him. Jokic is like his, the threat of what he has is what is going to cause the defense to make an adjustment. And Jokic, every play of the game is just playing an option read essentially of like, if the defense gives me this, this is where I'm going to move the ball. And I'm trusting my teammates to continue that set to take advantage of what the defense has given up. Whether and then when they don't do it, he'll like tell them after the play. Yeah. <laughs> Next time that happens, uh-huh. do this instead. Uh-huh. And then the teammate does it. And then it's always an easy bucket. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and similar to a LeBron thing. Le- LeBron does that kind of stuff a lot too. But uh, um, Which is, I mean, we'll have some pod. Maybe it's after this next season where it's like, is is Jokic tickling like a top ten that's not just of like his era? Like is he like mm. is he like dabbling his way to just I think silently? he's close to, to no, like Yeah as like a if, Pantheon guy. Like is he almost if he wins the title this season and the and the MVP, I think like this this upcoming season, I think that kind of really gets him a spot like right at the end of the top ten range. Honestly. Like For sure. And then if he does it like if he like let's he let's say he only plays till he's 35. We won't do the short, we won't do the crazy long, we'll just stop at 35, a middle-ish ground. We'll call it there. 
Yeah. If he has five more seasons like he did last year. And say like three rings or how many rings are you saying? We'll, we'll say two rings. Two rings. We'll shoot low and three MVPs. That's yeah. insane. Uh, let's say one MVP. One more MVP. So oh, he ends oh, his career. You were saying three more? <laughs> so he ends with four. Okay. Yeah. Let's say he ends his career with four MVPs oh, geez, and three okay. rings. Oh, and three rings. And he's like the – I just – is it going to be like just the best decade of basketball anybody's ever yeah, played? Yeah, I think that's at least a Tim Duncan caliber. That'd be and probably that's also, even higher. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is he just the best center of all time if he does that craziness? Could be. He could be over Kareem, so that would put him third all time of everybody. That's – Yeah. <laughs> and it's like what's weird is like you say those crazy things and that's not a given at all. Mm-hmm. But you know what it's not? Impossible. Not like I'm close. not like that's not delusional <laughs> no. for Jokic to get two more rings in seven years. Yeah, or and one and, more MVP. Yeah, two more MVPs. Or two sorry, more MVPs. Got. Yeah. Which I I maybe the two, I honestly feel better about the two more rings than I do the two more MVPs. Like this year, just I feel because, really good about another MVP, but after that, I'm not sure. You know, that just yeah, and that could be a whole that's just crazy to think that. Um, but what, one interesting topic about this is how far – like how – like this one season that he just had was mm-hmm. like a, just about as a big of a leap that you can make in the all-time standings oh. or all-time rankings. And every jump after this is going to be very marginal because everybody everybody above him now is so, so hard to pass. And it's not even like that like – oh, they might – he might be clearly a better player than X. But like people are like, why well, can't move him above Shaq? Shaq – like he- – <laughs> That's a yeah. perfect name of like, well, I can't do that. That'd mm-hmm. be crazy. Yeah. But, but you like, could. I can't put him above. I'm trying to think of like Shaq's. A, that's the perfect name. Mm-hmm. That's the name that he does so much and had the most dominant moment. Like no one is stopping this human being if he doesn't want to be stopped. Yeah. Compared to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So Shaq's a perfect name to be like, that'll just be hard for people to be like, okay, wow. Yeah. This guy that. It's just Jokic isn't mm-hmm. all – like he's just better than Shaq. Yeah. That's wild to think about. It's also – it's even like a realm of possibility. Yeah, for sure. It's also just wild to think that he last season, before the start of this past season, wasn't even a top 75 player. Like the, he wasn't – if you don't remember, he wasn't put in he the – He wasn't in the top 75. No. Giannis was, but Jokic was not in the top 75. But Giannis was like weirdly high, wasn't he? Well, I don't think they have an order. Oh, they didn't technically do an order. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I think okay. if you look up, there there is like they have uh, totals for points, like a number of votes. If you mm-hmm. they have that listed out, but I don't know if they, I don't think they made that their official like ranking in order. Mm-hmm. They just kind of have like this is the top seventy five, which is technically seventy six, which is uh, still annoying to me that they couldn't. How do you mess something like that up just because there's a tie at? For the seventy fifth and seventy sixth person, can't you just like cut cut it off to make it an actual seventy six or seventy five? You know what or I mean? Or have everybody just vote on those two? Which one? Oh, yeah, one. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was James. Was it James Worthy? No, I don't think it was. I don't think he's in there. So there was somebody. Somebody is like the seventy sixth person, um, or you know, two people are tied for that seventy fifth, but. Regardless, what I was saying was uh, Nikola Jokic was not in the top 75 players of all time. And now he's like top 15. 
It Probably. was Bill Sharman and Dame Lillard. Oh, they were the at the very end? They were the tie, I guess. Yeah. And see, like, Dame Lillard versus Jokic all time right now. <laughs> like, not that's close. not even a competition. You know what I mean? Uh, Dave Bing, Billy Cunningham, and – okay, this is on ESPN. Is that what, who did the NBA 75? Huh? Sorry, before I answer that question, what did you just start to say? Ant? You said Ant? Anthony Davis. Oh, okay. My brain shut off. Okay, That'd be gotcha. wild. Yeah, I, I was like, wait, what happened? But what were, what was your question? You said – um, This is on ESPN though, so this might not be – Oh, I mean I don't know where they would get they, to. Okay, they made a list. Oh. They took the name from NBA's team. And ranked them. Okay. And then ranked them and made a list. I think it's on NBA.com because that's who did it. That's where I'm looking now. Okay. That's who made the list. It's and NBA. it doesn't com. tell you who has the tie. Oh, they didn't? I thought that I'm I saw looking at one. I just see alphabetically. Maybe I didn't see it. It was just they Bill Simmons. They did a list that there was a tie. Yeah. I think Bill Simmons might have said it on a podcast. Like he knew which one was tied maybe because he voted on it. Um, which that would be an all-time like level to get to. That would be dope. To be able to vote on that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the next – I don't know if we even went into the next question yet. I think I, I started to. but No, we didn't. We did not jump into it. Yeah. The next question, though, is which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Steph Curry was number one with 40%. Jokic was second with 33%. Giannis was third with 13 Luka was fourth with 10 And Joel was fifth with three. So he had one vote. Um, which again, nope. somebody, I, it's gotta be the same person, right? That's it just putting in Yeah. And like, we'll talk about the man that loves Grant Williams here in a couple minutes. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Steph, I, I like this one. I, I don't see any problems with, except no, I was, the Joel Embiid one, honestly. Joel Embiid was like weird, but give another vote to one of the top four guys, maybe. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know if there's not like another guy where I'm like, cause every, every team, if you're a good coach, you adjust to every like system. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not going to trot out the same game plan. If you played Philly one night in Boston, the next, mm-hmm. you're not going to be like, okay, let's lock down the center. Like yeah, it's in, just ter- not- in terms of things like philosophies that are like, Oh, and every time, every situation you always do this. But the one exception is when you're playing this guy, like Steph, ha- Steph is like it's the ultimate guy. example of that. I feel like, like in terms of like how you play screens and how you, just yes. switch switch on screens and play defense like that and communicate and do that. Like all of those things are different when you're playing against because Steph Because you're playing Steph. Yeah. yeah. Similar so. thing to a lesser extent with Jokic. Mm-hmm. Giannis is a similar deal. Like mm-hmm. without usually, the whole team has to kind of help him help on the, his drives and stuff. Yes. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to build a wall mm-hmm. unless it's Al Horford. Then it just kind of just kidding. Al Horford's not the only guy that can do that, but uh, Bam's another one. There's just some guys that can, why when he needs needed to in that Raptors series <laughs> every once in a while one guy can build the wall but it is very very rare that it happens and it's mm-hmm. not even every possession they like okay we need a couple <laughs> we couple need you stops. to lock yeah. up a couple stops but yeah mm-hmm. anyway um that was that was also one that i didn't have a huge lot of issues with yeah next one is one that i think we both had a little bit of a problem with uh is which player is most likely to have a breakout season this year and number one is Anthony Edwards, which I like at twenty three. I have two problems with this one. Okay, can I? Yeah, well, sorry, sorry. First. Go ahead. And then second is Cade Cunningham at twenty percent. Third is Franz Wagner, which I like a lot at thirteen percent. 
Uh, Paolo Bancaro is tied for fourth with Tyrese Maxey, both receiving 7%. And then the other guys receiving votes, which is quite a few, uh, there's Desmond Bain, Mikal Bridges, Tyrese Halliburton, Chet Holmgren, Kyrie Irving, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Evan Mobley, uh, Alperen Shangun, Zion Williamson, and yeah, that was that last one, Zion Williamson. So, which is interesting. There's a few on here that are uh, the main one being Kyrie Irving. Obviously, it's the one that jumps out. Which I understand slightly. I barely understand the logic of this. Of just like, you know, can you call it a breakout? Just like because he's maybe this is going to be the season where he actually locks in to basketball and like you know the basketball is becomes like the center part of what he's focused on and not all this other crap all the time you know yeah. um may, so i can see it from that perspective like if that does happen and we see Kyrie actually playing basketball a lot then you could call that a breakout season kind of like he's but i not really not not into the purest sense of like what you think of as like a breakout season you know? Yeah, and I agree with you because my other thing was, well, if Kyrie Irving's on this list, I would like Shea Gilgis Alexander to be on this list. <laughs> yeah, like if if that's the logic they're going with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also one that I'm I didn't even have this thought until right now that I'm like kind of a mad, not mad. I'll reserve that for stronger reactions, but I'm a little like flustered about uh, Jamal Murray didn't get a single vote. Like, I feel like that's one of the more obvious ones of like, he has yet to have like a, a good regular season, but he's a guy that everybody as ESPN just posted, put him 17th, 17th best player in the, in the world right now. But yet he has not been an all-star or even he's ever even been in consideration really for an all-star. And like justifiably, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, so, it's not because he's been snubbed over and over so, again. Yeah, exactly. He just, yeah. So if he's the 17th best player in the world and he has yet to even make an all-star like case, like, isn't that bound to happen this year? You would think. Yeah. I don't know. I just, <laughs> this, this was a dumb question. I didn't like this question. Why not? It's like when a third year guy gets a most improved player. I'm like, yeah, but also, or a, I mean a, a second, second year. year guy, a second year guy gets most improved. You're just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a question that's valid. Anthony getting Anthony Edwards getting the most votes. Big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, Cade being on there. I love uh, that. Bancaro. Maxi was one that I'm like, if situations go right, Maxi would win this in a like. Yeah. Depending could, on how things shake out, it could Harden. be just like Maxi being the replacement for Harden, basically the guy. So yeah. I I think that I like Maxi being on there as well. Um, Desmond Bain, I think will look really good. The first twenty-five with Jaw out, I think yeah, he'll be kind of the, that one. I like. I mean, I didn't not like any of the names except Kyrie. I'm like, that's some yeah, some Kyrie. Weird and then Jaden McDaniel's a little bit weird too, just because like he, I feel like last year was his breakout for the most part. Like, what is Jaden McDaniel's going to do beyond be like a really effective three and D wing? Well, then like Evan Mobley, I would also put on that like. He he's already kind of had his like oh this is what I can do he can go another level and maybe that's yeah. what they're predicting yeah for Mobley but for more of like developing his offensive game I feel like nobody believes in Evan Mobley more than you yeah for sure mm-hmm. and I think he def this could definitely be an Evan Mobley breakout um for, in that terms of like of him being like the focal point of a team like you're number one not no necessarily number one offensively but you, like as like your center of your team yeah. 
You, what'd you say? <laughs> he's no Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> Just saying um, about the offensive explosion thing. Oh, him yeah. getting a vote. I guess maybe uh, him actually having like the minutes. It won't be because like oh he's a different player. It's because he's actually getting like played. It'll be like the sixth or seventh man. Peyton Pritchard. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying oh. you're saying if he were to be voted in this, I wouldn't hate. I don't think he needs to be. Yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah. But I, just I, I honestly the, think that Jamal should be a guy that's like it's like almost a a no brainer type of pick for one of these spots to me. Um, I feel like it's because he's already been acknowledged as a very good player. But like, like, he's just, he has not had a good, not even I like think, a good season in, in comparison to what he's regarded as league-wide. Well, I think that that's why he has not been – like that's why there's not the he – didn't, he didn't come to people's mind because yeah. of that. Yeah, it's because a, he's it's already a acknowledged reason. as the top. That's that's what I was saying the, the other episode when we talked about this. Like, it's the most interesting player to me because like, uh, there's nobody else all time in the history of basketball that is like, he's regarded as a top twenty even player in the league, and he's like not even like his regular season. It's like it's like only in the playoffs has he shown what he's capable of. You know what I mean? Regular mm-hmm. season, he's not even been close to being an all star. Like if you made a net, if you made a second All Star team, I feel like he's probably made that a couple times. <gasps> but what did you? Just oh, react San to? Francisco just missed a field goal and are going to lose to Cleveland. That's uh, wild. Oh, that's wild. Is, is Cleveland really bad? Uh, Deshaun Watson's out. So oh. PJ Walker just beat the undefeated previously San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they were undefeated. Okay. But yeah. no, the 49ers were the best, like looked like this juggernaut best team in football. Good luck beating them. And then PJ Walker said, I'm a better quarterback than the never mind. I'm gonna stop talking. Uh because that was football. gonna go down a, a, a ha ha funny, silly rabbit hole that I did. Yeah, we'll go back to basketball, but that's yeah. wild. The last name on here that I wanted to touch on was Mikhail Bridges. It's kind of interesting to me just because of like how much higher can he really go than what we just saw from him last year. I think but it's because it was only part of the season. Part of the season. Yeah. Like if he does it for a whole season, he keeps his Iron Man thing, plays 82 games and looks how, like he did after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a breakout because you've seen it, but it's also like, oh, he can do it. Like it's not just, a, oh, this is a new new area. I'm going to ball out for a little bit. It's like a legitimate thing. Yeah. Don't think that. I would – there's just a couple guys where it just got rough. But if you just had to like sit there and think breakout season, I don't think I'd think of McCall Bridges. Yeah, me um, either. Just because yeah, just like I feel like if you saw the breakout happen last year, it's kind of cheating to, to say, oh, well, him doing that all the next year is like – which I guess and, could be a – And it might could, be one vote. You could there's say I'm one contradicting GM. myself with the, that. Like if you, if you say like I'm contradicting my logic with the Jamal Murray thing. Uh, yeah. Because we've seen him do it in the playoffs, but we haven't seen him mm-hmm. do it in the regular season. But uh, yeah, I, the fair point to the person who didn't actually say that, but I just imagined saying that. Um, <laughs> the other guy also, though, uh, I lied. There's one more person, Chet Holmgren. It's kind of weird to see his name here just because this is his rookie What's season, up? technically. Because, yeah, where's Wemby? If, like, yeah, if that's like your he's logic. not even played a game yet, so it's kind of weird to put him on yeah. here, but... Uh yeah, next one though. The, now we're going into the positions, which I don't love. Um, it's dumb. Yeah, I don't like how they do positions in the NBA. 
is yeah, it's interesting. But uh, as we'll soon find out, who is the best point guard in the NBA? Is this first question? And it's we've got Steph Curry as first place with sixty three percent. Luka Doncic is second with twenty seven percent. SGA is third with seven percent, and fourth is Dame Lillard with three percent. So he got one vote. Um, and I don't really see any problems with this, really. Um, honestly, because in terms it, of oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you are listing Luca as a point guard, like, then that's fine. And I think this is probably the top four, honestly. And the yeah. percentages make sense. For no, for part. sure. I, the only thing is, like, Luca's gonna get like hurt here a little bit because of the half of the world that, like, yeah, point guard, half the world that goes well, shooting guard, yeah, just ball dominant. So that's where he's gonna run into troubles, and then. Yeah, the shooting. It's for a spoiler. He's in the top three for point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. <laughs> so, which has to hurt his, uh, you know, or ability to win this, one of the categories. There's one guy that voted for him for all three. <laughs> Probably, honestly. <laughs> but like, no. But if you add his stuff together, Luca received twenty-seven, seven, and seventeen. So, like, he. Like that's a decent number of votes. Yeah, uh, to be the best good at something. basketball. Yeah, yeah, not just good, the best at something. Yeah, that's a good. But that, that's a for sure top four, and I don't hate the percentages either. Yeah, and then shooting guard uh, Devin Booker is the same definitiveness as Steph Curry, being sixty three percent. But then Steph Curry is also here in the sh- in the shooting guard. Um, so he's the best point guard in the league, but he's also the second best shooting guard in the league <laughs> um, at ten percent. And then Luka Doncic is third. Uh, tied with Luka Doncic is Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, all receiving two votes each. And then there's a couple that received one vote, and that was Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum. As okay, I didn't even see this the first time. Somebody's considering Jason Tatum a shooting guard, which I don't hate Like being able to put him as shooting guard, as we've I've noted before, on all-NBA teams or uh, all-star teams. Totally fine with slotting Jason Tatum to the two. But saying that that is his like primary position is like wild. Has he ever watched basketball? This GM that said that, you know what I mean? He plays power forward. He's had more starts and things at power forward and like actions and plays at power forward than he has at shooting guard. Like, and I don't think it's even close. Oh yeah. Not even, not even close. I thought you were about to say small forward. And I was like, I feel like he's probably slightly been more at small forward, but it's close with, with power (laughs) forward. With with shooting guard, it's not even close. It's like 40, 35, and f- – no, I did the math wrong. But like, like for him to be the shooting guard in a lineup, that's like you would have to have Al and Rob in there and probably Grant Williams at three. Yeah, that never happened. I can promise you that that did not happen once. At most, like a total of like 12 minutes of all time, like <laughs> of a lineup like that, you know? Uh, yeah. So not really a thing. But the uh, – so I, I don't hate any of those, I guess, though. Um, Other than the Jason Tatum thing, I think is an yeah. atrocity. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then who is the best small forward in the NBA? Jason Tatum wins that 47%. Uh, Kevin Durant second with 20%. Luka is third with 17 LeBron is fourth with 13 Kawhi is fifth with 3%. Uh, it's which, a wild world to be like, you know what? I think Luka Doncic is a better small forward than LeBron James. It just is like because they just – aren't the same just calling Luca small forward is not wrong but it's just weird to me it's just bizarre that's probably what I would call him if I, I, I would call him a shooting a shooting guard yeah I 
just because it's it you're co- combining the fact that he's big for a point guard and then he he handles maybe, too much for to, for to be a small forward is and that maybe why? that's what it is and i don't know why just in my brain he just is a two yeah i don't the re- like i've said this before on the podcast but the way my brain just automatically has always thought about positions is more of like it's like a matchup based thing because that's what matters yes. in terms of who can be on the floor because you need to be able to guard the other team you know, so mm-hmm. when you when Doncic is on the floor, for all intents and purposes, in terms of matchups, he is either a three or a four most of the time. Like he's a forward, he's a big he's a big wing. But yeah, offensively, he the way he's utilized is he plays every position. Like he's mm-hmm. like he does every like you know he he's the primary ball handler. He's the point guard, um, and, but runs everything. You know, so it's like yeah, it's hard. To, that's why I just I I think if you're trying to classify positions by offense, like what they their role is on offense, I just think that's a really slippery slope that's really hard to nail down and categorize, you know, legalistically. Yeah. It's just like it's way simpler to me to just think about it like who does he match up with? Like what position yeah. does he match up with? And for Luca, that is the three or the four, probably the three most often. But yeah, so the next category though uh, there's only two people in this category as we've mentioned uh who's the best power forward in the nba and that is Giannis antetokounmpo at number one with 97 percent of the vote and then kevin durant at number two with one vote from john horst the gm or president of basketball ops at the milwaukee bucks franchise so uh don't hate that one either that one makes sense to me uh who is the best center in the nba nicole Jokic got all but two votes and then one vote went to AD and the other vote went to Joel Embiid. So Calvin Booth e- either voted for AD or Joel Embiid, which I'm interested to know which one, honestly, he voted for. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so – and he went up from last year. He was 79%. Um, but yeah, I don't hate that one at all, obviously. Nope. It's a little um, weird that uh, – that- Anthony Davis being like, because it's not like they get a pick multiple. They pick one. That's yeah. what I think is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody picked saying Anthony Davis is better than Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic is a little weird. Yeah. I, I agree. Little, that's a wild, that's a wild sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, highest percentage of total votes on position questions. Oh, I didn't even notice this one before, but Giannis had the highest in this category. 19.3. Jokic had 18.7. Steph Curry had 14.7, Devin Booker 12.7, Luca with 10, and Tatum with 10. Uh, which is a pretty Devin Booker being that high is kind of crazy, but that's just like the lack of shooting guards, I guess. Lack of because a lot of the guys that play the shooting guard spot are just everywhere. Yeah. And then um offseason moves, which team made the best overall moves this offseason? We have Boston Celtics tied for first with the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think makes a lot of sense. Portland mm-hmm. Trailblazers is third. I like that a lot. Everything they got for Dame, not to make them a better. It's not yeah. it say what moves made them a better basketball team. It's just best overall moves. You had a player that wasn't happy, and you got a good haul for him. Yeah, You're going to be able to flip Robert Williams for two picks, a first and a second probably. The thing is I agree with it that it's a good – like I think of rebuilding in the NBA more of like a tourniquet type of thing. Like it's not mm-hmm. like it's not a good thing overall, but like you ha- it's better than what you're doing. 
Yeah. Right? Like you're, when you're out of options, that's when you just have to hit the rebuild button. You know what I mean? Yes. And so if you're doing that, if you're doing that even well, I just still feel like that's weird to rank, say that you are, are made some of the best moves of the entire offseason when you're looking at other teams that are making moves right now to win a championship type of thing. You, you know what I mean? You cut your arm off and lose Dame for nothing, potentially. Yeah. Or get things done and get value for him now. Yeah, see, to me, that's like the obvious option. And like, it's like kind of being rewarded for doing like the bare, you know what I mean? Like not chopping your arm off. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's just like the, it was like, I agree no, that they, they didn't, they did a good job. Argue, I'm not saying they, they didn't, didn't do a good job. They didn't for Miami's package. I agree. That's a good thing. That, that's the easiest thing to do. Is to settle and deal with Miami's package as opposed to continuously shopping around, working the whole offseason, going to the Bucks and getting a not as good of a deal for the Bucks, but the assets you got, you flipped for more because you knew, oh, Boston's wanted Drew Holiday. Flip for him for Drew Holiday. Then what you get from back from Boston is two tradable guys. Because if the Clippers decide they want to give Brogdon a go again, or if the uh, Rob Williams the third sweepstakes like some team wants a center depth, you turn that into more, and then you're in a similar situation from OKC where Damian Lillard ends up bringing you like four or five first-round picks. Yeah, I guess to me, I just feel like this – I favor much more the moves that are like making you a championship contender. And, and I I agree with that. I, I totally get the, like the logic and the side you're coming from. Like I 100% do. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like not every GM is in the situation where they get to do those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. So like they made good moves, but at they, the same time, it's like it's not as surefire to lead to success as some of these guys that are like they're right on the cusp of getting that. <clears throat> and they mm-hmm. just they just made the move to like more make that even more attainable. Um, because then the question like the the playing the OK, well, I think they did better than Boston, excuse me, Boston, Milwaukee, which I don't think they do. They did is well, Boston lost three big pieces that were their heart and soul. Those moves are going to end up being. Oh yeah. I'd agree with you. That. Know what I that mean? makes sense. But and then the Milwaukee gutted the, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. lost a huge part of what makes their defense work yeah. on the front side, obviously looking at the team that they're above though, the Lakers, this, I think this is a good comparison. I, I feel like the, the Blazers, you would consider them lucky. Like how likely is it really that the Blazers would, ever get to a point like to be close as close to getting a title as the Lakers are right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's not guaranteed for the Blazers to even get to the Lakers level of contention. Yeah. So like, to me, I feel like Lakers are a safer bet for being like, yeah, they, their moves were better because they're, they're like more likely to win a title because of them. Your definition makes sense. If everyone is here. Because it gives you an advantage to the title. But in five years, those Blazers picks might make them a title contender. No, I the agree. The same way that – Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I, okay. I'm factoring that in as well. But I'm saying like if the goal is to win a title at any moment – Eventually, yes. Yeah, even if like it's at any moment, like how, how safe do you feel about the Blazers eventually actually being to the level that the Lakers are right now? Like that's not a sure fire bet. You know what I mean? Yes, but I think that anytime a GM is able to scrounge together and get multiple shots in the upper to mid first round for a guy, I know that Dame is an established 
one of the best point guards in basketball. Like, I, I totally get that. But I just think the situation they were in, they did the best they they could have possibly done. Mm-hmm. They didn't settle for the, the heat thing. They went and found another person that gave them an asset that they flipped into more assets. And then the assets they got back for flipping the first asset, they got a Drew Holiday. They got Robert Williams and Malcolm yeah, Brogdon, I, yeah. who are still trade pieces if they don't want to use them. Yeah, I agree. So I think um, they did a good job with what they had. Uh, uh, they managed that asset very well. I think that's how their like train of yeah, vote, how they got seventeen percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. Do I personally think that Boston adding Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis for Rob Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart, and um, Grant Williams being gone? Yeah, and then uh, they got a pick. I think I don't yeah. remember Mike how all Muscala. the things. They lost Mike Muscala. <laughs> they did. He never played uh, yeah, for them kind of because he they signed him. But then, um, but then they also had because they felt good about losing some of the point guard depth because Derek White had evolved, developed, and then also Peyton Pritchard just didn't play for us like at all last year. Yeah, and he looks like Jamal Crawford 2.0. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just I'm very partial. I think the Bucks. It was like a cool, good thing they did to keep Giannis happy. They went and found elite talent, but. I don't know if it like they just lost a lot. The Bucks or the Celtics? The Bucks. Celtics oh. also did, but the Celtics like I see like hard upgrades every, like multiple places I see the Celtics upgraded. Yeah. I think the Celtics definitely got better. Bucks I I do think definitely got better as well. Like their ceiling is higher right now. But the thing I do see as an issue is like the perimeter defense. But like we'll see how much it actually is an issue. Like I I kind of am more on the side of um, I think this is the best Dame will ever look defensively because Dame's never been on a good defense, and that makes you less of a good defender. You look way worse. Whenever you make a little mistake, which guys make all the time, there's no one to help you. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't help, but when a guy gets past you for a split second and then you was like, oh, I'm driving right at Brooke Lopez or Giannis Antetokounmpo, it really makes – things look a lot better yeah like the i know the whenever big, you make whenever a guy gets by you it's not like oh that's a for sure bucket yeah because it was for a long time mm-hmm. yeah like the i know the big thing that's always cited with dame on defense is like how he he eats more screens than anybody in the league like he he's the worst with screen navigation um but like the thing is he's asked to fight over screens and like stay on his man because like Portland's never had a good switchable defense and you don't want mm-hmm. Dame switched on to anybody ever, you know, type of thing with uh, the buck system. You don't need to, sw- he doesn't need to stick to his man near as well because of the guy that you have in drop with Brooke Lopez <laughs> or Giannis and Tedekupo, you know, either or both have gotten the, the, how to do that figured out really well. Yeah. So it's just less of a needed thing for him to be good at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they're they're also going though from the like literally the best guy in the league at that Drew Holiday, <laughs> like the thing that that he didn't need to be good at, but he was like the best guy in the league at it, which yes. just made them so op defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's hard to measure how much that will affect them. You know, the, yeah. this defense might look a lot different without that. You know, factor there that might have been underrated, honestly. Like the overkill um, might have been almost needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't think it will. I think the Bucks defense will still be just fine. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It just it won't be like earth shatteringly like this yeah. is 
they won't be setting. Like, there's any not going to be these five minute stretches where you're like, "Why can't we score?" Yeah, I am so mad. Uh-huh. I don't think the Bucks will be able to manage that very regularly anymore. Where I feel like that happened at least once a game when you were playing against the Bucks. Yeah, You'd be like. We can't get anywhere. We're just smothered everywhere. Yeah, and I think they've had at least one season, but maybe even two under Bud, where they've had uh, the, they broke the all-time record in terms of uh, percentage below the league average. Or, oh, uh, the league average defensive rating. So mm-hmm. like the the farthest away from their peers, and in, in terms of because you know defensive rating is like on a sliding scale because uh, every year is different. Yeah, every year is different. But in comparison to the rest of the competition in the league, they've had the lowest defensive rating twice, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, as in terms of the most all-time. So, I don't think they're, they're going to be that at all. Like, I think they'll be more more of just like a top 10 defense sort of thing. At, at worst, I, I would think. You know? Yeah. Probably like a top, around a top six, top seven defense is probably where we'll see them. Um, but... Yeah, so looking at the next one, which one player acquisition will make the biggest impact? Damian Lillard won this one with 47%, 47%. Uh, number two was Drew Holiday with 13%. Bradley Beal was third with 10%. And then tied for fourth, there's a three-way tie uh, with Porzingis going to Boston, Van Vliet going to Houston, and then Victor Wembanyama being the first pick in the draft to San Antonio. And also receiving votes, one person voted for Dylan Brooks, uh, one person voted for Yusuf Nurkic, and one person voted for Marcus Smart, Um, which I think Marcus Smart should definitely be higher than both Dylan Brooks and Yusuf Nurkic, in my opinion. And Wemby. That's not – that's so weird to me. I don't know about that one because that one – that makes sense. It's going to make the biggest impact. Acquisition is a – it just just seems weird to me because, yes. You could argue it it could be first. Like in terms of biggest impact, yeah. But it's just that's not what my brain did. The same yeah. way that like best move mm. for the Portland thing, like my brain didn't go there right away. Yeah. Um. But no, I think that I don't have any problems with this one, other than the bottom. I'm like these names are weird. I don't know why Dylan Brooks got a vote or Yusuf Nurkic got a vote. Yeah. That, that could be a funeral. That could be the son's funeral. Yeah. Is trying to play Nurkic too I, much. That doesn't make sense to me because like it you. The the team that he got traded to lost the best player in the deal, and the, he they got him and like f- like other things in order to you know, and it was not even like it was kind of selling cheap. So like how like how in any scenario is that the the most the biggest impact of a single player coming to a team? Like he's the worst version of the guy that they had there. Not even a version. He's just a worse player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting deal. Also, I totally forgot that they have DeAndre Ayton. Like that, like skipped my brain when I was defending like <clears throat> the best overall moves. Oh, Portland. Yeah, I just like totally spaced it. Like they yeah. have dominating, dominating. There is a breakout season we forgot to bring up. Yeah, he honestly he could have been a vote on there too. I wouldn't have hated that one. I, I wouldn't have loved it if he won it, but him having a vote, I would oh, yeah, have yeah, for sure. I would have a problem with it if he won it. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, so then the next one was am I, I most underrated oh, player yeah, acquisition. What was the most underrated player acquisition? Number one was Marcus Smart to Memphis, which I don't hate. Number two is Grant Williams to Dallas, which is a little yeah, not 
it's a little confusing. Think, there's a bunch of three-way ties, which is interesting. A million people got two votes, it seemed like. Yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I said a bunch of three-way ties. What I meant was a bunch of third place. There's a third place a tie, tie for third. that has a bunch of teams, and that is one, two, three, four, five teams. So there's Dylan Brooks to Houston, Bruce Brown to Indiana. Yusuf, again, somebody voted for Only Yusuf one Nugget. of these is actually an underrated acquisition. Max Struess to Cleveland. That's the only one that doesn't receive like oh a lot of media attention. Oh, like that's the only one in my opinion that is actually underrated because it didn't brought up. And Cleveland said we have a need minivan, not minivan. I flipped George's Niang. Max Struess, oh, yeah, do this. This uh-huh. is what you do. Fill the need we have. Yeah, and no one talked about it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's. That definitely should be on here. I think I would. I don't mind Bruce Brown being in here though, um, and I get Dylan Brooks being in here from the standpoint of everybody just have have been hate, completely hating it. You know what I mean? Well, he's Dylan the villain. Like the way they've the the media has been rating it is is so low that to say that it's underrated is like very fair. Easy, yeah. It's easy to well, and I think that's because um, a young team went out and got the two most inefficient shooters scores in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like number one and number two from the three-point line were Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks statistically. Yeah. They just went and got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it's been ranked so poorly because it was the first year of the CBA and you just need to spend money. Yeah. So it's – yeah. Uh, things The things that were on here that irritated me – why did Drew Holiday to Boston get a vote? Why did Jordan Poole to Washington get a vote? These are not underrated. Oh yeah, we didn't at look all. at those. The other picks: Kristaps to Boston, uh, Dennis Schroeder to Toronto. That's an underrated. Obi Toppin to Indiana is an underrated one that I like. I'm not even going to try and say his name. Sasha Vizenkov. Vizenkov to Sacramento. Okay, Gabe Vincent to L.A. Under like doesn't get brought up a whole lot, even though it's L.A. It got brought up right when it happened, and then it kind of disappeared. But putting. Um, Miles Bridges going back to Charlotte, which isn't even a thing anymore. Now he's going to j- he's going to prison now. Oh, so. is it officially going to prison because he turned himself in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he's going to prison, but I don't think he's playing for the team this year anymore. They they were planning on him. Like I already didn't like that. To be clear, I feel like I should say that more because I kind of mentioned it before. That I was like, I don't I don't know how I feel about him playing, but like I definitely don't agree. <laughs> With how they him being able to come back and yeah, play, yeah, I think that's especially it's weird to me because it's like you're already kind of bad, just be worse. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're like this guy coming back gives us a chance to win it all. Yeah, it's just not that that should have anything to do with whether like a player is too big for the law, but yeah, to me it's just like it's so proven, like what he's guilty of is so like. There's video. Everyone saw the video. Yeah. And to then like say, oh yeah, we we don't mind that. I don't know. And still. So, so right now he's only on a 10 game suspension from the NBA, but after turning himself in, it is unclear what is going further. Yeah. Um, Cause he, uh, what it is, he breached a unlawfully and knowingly violated the protection order and continually contacted the victim. Yeah, and so that's that, why that, was, this is stuff that's going on even after like the heinous act that he committed. This is like the aftermath of the act. Yeah. Yes, which you could argue. I would argue even after the first act is why it was I enough would, to be done playing basketball in the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which like maybe just like for the immediate future. You know what I mean? Like until mm-hmm. things are you prove like legally resolved. Yeah, and like you can tell that there's a change in character, I guess, in some way. That type of thing. It's just yeah. I don't know. It's also people people complaining that like the oh why well why did Miles Bridges get a second chance but the Rockets cut bait with uh Kevin Porter Jr. and the the Hornets cut bait with Kai Jones. Like why don't they get you know and what they did isn't isn't as bad or whatever. But to me, it's like, uh, well, K- KP- KPJ's is kind of, I don't really know the full details on his, but I think that was a domestic violence charge as well. So probably in the same ballpark. So um, allegedly he didn't actually break his girlfriend's neck. KPJ? Did, allegedly did not. But he was arrested because he assaulted his girlfriend, who was a WNBA player, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, see, uh-huh. I don't know the details on this one. Um, um, I will find more of them before I continue talking. Yeah. And then, but, um, but yeah, it's just because those players he's in court tomorrow. Oh, really? For the day we're recording the 15th, he's in court on the 16th as the future in the NBA is in doubt. The I mean, Rockets are I, reportedly looking to trade him. I think they officially waived him now, didn't they? Uh, this was written in September. Oh yeah, so, so it, like it was it, it was a few days ago. I'm pretty sure that they were okay. Him. Um, yeah, very recent. So, but with Kevin Porter Jr., um, I like I think the reason why he's gone, um, and and Kay, uh, Kai Jones for that matter, and Miles Bridges wasn't, um, is because Miles Bridges is just a much better basketball player than the other two. And as much as that sucks, that's just what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just makes sense that, yeah, I mean, Kai Jones, it's not like you're all like through the roof having him on your team in the first place. Like, he's, you know, it doesn't hurt you that much to not have him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's all and he's just like has no sense of um, care about whether or not he, he stays on the roster type of thing. Yeah. And just kind of acting out. So, yeah, it, if he's just more of an annoyance than a contributor, then I don't think there's anything wrong with the team. Cutting a player, honestly. Yeah, um, that one was weird. And there's going to be a moment where a team needs Kai Jones. As weird as that sounds. What do you mean? Why? They, they'll just need a, a like, if someone go, gets injured or something like that happens and you just need, like, an athletic big go do something, Kai Jones will be playing basketball again probably. Maybe. If they prove it wasn't drugs and he's just a weird guy. But even that, does that make it better? <laughs> that he's just <laughs> you know what I mean in terms of like your your look as an NBA team yes probably but the optics of like bringing a guy on that just like dabbles in like aggressive hard drugs I don't think is good um yeah but also a lot of people wanted the uh Hornets to more like evaluate like oh is it a mental health thing like does he need help yeah don't I, just cut him and let him yeah dance on tiktok uh-huh. <laughs> like i don't it was yeah it was always instagram live whatever it was yeah was whatever it was deal. but yeah the other thing the other one on this list though that we didn't mention jordan pool to washington i think you mentioned that as like how is that underrated to me it's like i feel like most people have said that basically do you think that people have been rating it like high or i feel like it's probably like underrated in my brain is like 
There's just so many other ones that I'm like, that is underrated. Okay, yeah. Why are we bringing up Jordan Poole? Now that I think about it, I think the thing is there's a big divide. There's a big gap on how people have talked about it. Like a lot of people that I more think of when I'm thinking of like basketball narratives, you know, is like yeah. more of like the basketball nerd, nerd writers mm-hmm. and stuff. All of them have been like, who cares, you know? But like, he gonna, he's going to have great numbers on a terrible team and it won't matter. Yeah. And then the other guys have been like Kevin Garnett. You know how what he recently said, and some people saying that he's going to be the next James Harden, like how James Harden left OKC and became what he became in in Houston. And it's maybe like, we're wrong, and he will. That just I don't think he's got it in the cards. Yeah, the thing like the difference is Houston James Harden had like all of the skill. Like even with uh, OKC, you saw like he plays like Manu Ginobili. That was his main comparison in in OKC. That's like he uh, super crafty and can get what he wants play at his own pace he can score on like just about anybody it seems he has that capability jordan Poole's just like a quick bucket getter guard that like <laughs> you know what i mean like he he'll have a, a lot of big he's points. closer to jr smith than james harden <laughs> yeah I, I would say that's probably true yeah <laughs> that's like yeah anyway i or can... like at the very highest like giving him the most credit possible like more more like a kemba walker than a Jordan Poole has irritated me since he was at Michigan and rolled his shorts up too high. I don't think he rolled them. I think he just wore sh- small shorts. I, I maybe he just wore small shorts. I but think I that just was know it. Tr- I, yeah, he had very short shorts compared to everybody else. But like I pretty he sure played in Michigan, it was just him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean more people wear those now, but he back then it was more. That was like when short shorts were like just coming back, you know. Like for a while, for our whole like childhood and through high school, it was always like shorts at the knee. You know what I mean? Like if it was like, above your knee, that was kind of weird. Yeah, but, but it feels like he's His, like wearing like a mid calf. Yeah, he went really high. He went or like mid, mid thigh. He went like uh, 80s shorts, basically that length. <laughs> um, I don't like him that high. But now, like I've noticed, I'm buying all new shorts now. Like I don't wear any of the shorts unless I'm just around the house. All the shorts that I owned in high school, because it feels weird to have shorts at the knee length now to me. Um, just yeah, how times change, I guess. No, his but, shorts are legitimately like. Yeah, no, just his were aggressively yeah. small. I, I'd agree with you. Uh, moving on to the next one, we have which team will be most improved in 2023, 2024. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder is the number one pick there at 30%, which makes sense. Houston Rockets at number two with 23%. Then there is a three-way tie for third place, uh, putting Dallas Mavericks, Detroit Pistons, and Orlando Magic all with 10%. And then the other teams receiving votes is the Golden State Warriors for some reason, uh, the Indiana Pacers, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Utah Jazz. You know what blows my mind? What? The Spurs aren't here? Yeah, True. I think there's that a is, chance the Spurs are like a good team. Yeah. At least it de- like could be the 10 seed. Didn't get a vote? Yeah. No one was like, yeah, no, Wemby could like come onto the stage right away. And like with Devin Vassell, like they just get things rolling and they're like sneaky and hard to beat. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like, a, a, didn't blow anybody's mind. They like, didn't cross anybody's mind. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I agree. That is weird. Um, yeah. And it's just the, uh, Dallas Maver- I don't get the Mavericks thing 
like I we saw it a couple of questions ago with the which which team made the best overall moves this offseason. I've thought about like touching on that, but I forgot. They're third in the which team will be most improved, but they also were uh fifth in which team made the best overall overall move in the offseason. Moves plural. Um and I thought it was weird that they were in that one. I I forgot to mention it though. But like the Mavericks being better this year is just like such a maybe better than they were right after the trade deadline. But like in terms of moves, they've made this like looking at this roster right now, looking at like all the pick, like even to me, the Suns without the, without the Bradley Beal acquisition, not even thinking about that. Like just thinking about like how they had to fill the roster around those three guys. Everything. Yeah. What they did, they signed like better quality, like caliber players like to minimums all the way around their con all the way around the roster than is like most of the players on this Mavericks roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, there's not a whole lot there. And Derek Lively being this like without question, like he has to play himself out of, I, this is a quote from one of the Mavs beat reporters right now that he he's in a position where he has to play himself out of the starting spot at this point heading into the season. That's a t- <laughs> And he was like the number the number one thing about him more than anybody else in the draft this year in the lottery was he's like the least right now ready. NBA ready. Like it's like he's more of the uh, has time like he has high potential, but he has to develop into it. Yeah. So his skill set makes sense fitting around Luka Doncic, but having him as like he's got the one hundred percent surefire first like the first team starter for at the center position. And his backups, if you need to go to it, is Dwight Powell, you know, and Maxi Kleba, I guess, if you want to roll him out at the five. But it's just like they don't – how did they not – you have Luka Doncic, the easiest position to like to to bolster their value is the center spot with a a player like Luka Doncic. Like you can go sign a very league – like a replacement level player at the center mm-hmm. spot, that skill is just to roll to the rim and catch lobs. And he's yep. way more valuable to you than he is to every other team. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. what Derek Lively is. I'll give you that. But like mm-hmm. to have him as like the only thing on the That's team. There. And then Dwight Powell, who is a very washed up version of that player, you know? Yeah. It's just weird. You could find that very easily for not very much. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, John Collins got given away for like pennies. If you, could you imagine John Collins on the map? Like, like that would be such a good to. pick. Yeah, such would... a good fit. I can't say yes. words today, but that's all good. Uh, yeah, so that that will do it for the that Mavericks conversation, though. Uh, the most improved teams, though. Like, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to talk about, talk about there. Um, who's the most surprising move of the off season? Holiday Lillard. That makes sense. Is the first one. Yep. Bruce Brown to Indiana. This, okay, yeah, this is the one thing I'll say about this one. That is insane to me that Bruce Brown to Indiana is the most surprising move to some people because, like, that before. I think that he didn't stay, maybe. Even that, though, it was like the only reason some Nuggets fans started getting hope was because of how he was talking about it. But the whole year, every, like, the whole thing that we were talking about the whole year was like acknowledged that, like, we're not, like, most people were talking about it as if it was a done deal, like, where he's not going to be around next yeah. year. And, and also like the one team that people were talking about, like the whole time, other than Boston started to get some because sort of he's momentum from around there, but that yeah. was, that was the only reason why. Exactly. 
that was like getting a little bit of momentum uh, at, at the start of the offseason. But before the playoffs were even over, people were talking about Indiana is where like is Bruce who wanted to, pers- to, to pursue Bruce Brown. So it's just surprising that that's like the most surprising where it's like uh, most uh, several months before that move happened. I had already known that that was like the highest possibility. Basically, you know, so that's just interesting. And then um, but the, all the other ones make sense to me for sure. Um, and then rookies. I have a counter thought before because it's split up in these categories. Do we want to split it into two? Because like this second section could almost be yeah, we're already in at like an hour 40. Yeah, we can the end awards. This. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because like the second half would line up really well with the awards. I agree. Um, well, it's more than second half, but I feel like this would be like a good because it's like we're through a couple headers and then go from there. Yeah, and we just finished. Did we finish one? Yeah, we just ended off yeah. one of the headers because mm-hmm. we're at the top of the rookies and international header. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good place to end. Um. Yeah. So this will be the end, though, of the NBA GM survey for this episode. Um. Part it's, one. Yeah, this is part one of the series. We'll we'll probably just do two, um, hopefully at least. But yeah, that we went through that a little bit slower than I thought, but we did have some good conversations, honestly, that uh, will make for some good segments, honestly. Um, so yeah, that'll probably do it for this episode, especially since you got a way too long of one last episode. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that will be it, I think. Jacob, was there anything you wanted to... Uh, add in there. I saw you get, getting ready to make some noise. Uh, no, just stay happy. I'm just kidding. Go to patreon.com forward slash hoop theory. Also, take a look at the YouTube, hit like, comment, subscribe, and leave a comment. Helps us with the algorithm. If you're on Spotify listening, give us five stars or wherever listening. Also, that also helps. There's comments on Spotify now. Uh, there's Q&As. Wow. At, at each episode, there, if you scroll down, like how you look at lyrics on a song, uh, it's the same spot as that. It will then sit, do that. Yeah. Send yeah. us some questions. We'll answer them mm-hmm. to open up every single episode. Yeah. Until it, we get to a point where that's not feasible. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, uh, just, just be involved. Give this man a coffee. He, he just does a whole lot of great work making this thing out. And if you're enjoying the content, thank you for listening. Cause, uh, with, if you guys didn't listen, it just would be me and him talking every week like we probably would anyway but you guys <laughs> listening makes it all the better mm-hmm. i don't have anything else to add logan is there anything that you would like to contribute to the conversation i think uh the only thing i will contribute is the same thing i've been contributing for the last few episodes and that is for everybody to stay happy stay healthy and that we will see you guys in the next episode peace